0: Welcome to The Other Side of Wall Street with your host, Ron Harrison. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Other Side of Wall Street. My name is Ron Harrison. I'll be your host for today. And continuing on, as we have in previous episodes, uh, we have been tr- covering uh, different aspects of trading psychology and trying to uh, enlighten you traders on the negative effects of, that will have on your trading on your results on your returns if you don't realize uh, that they exist and that they are constantly going to be trying to make you make decisions that are not at all in the best interest of your trading. Last week we were talking about uh, cognitive biases And those are distortions in the way people perceive reality that cause irrational behavior and repeated errors in judgment. And there are many, as we said last week, many, many uh, different cognitive biases. But we've tried to isolate just a few of them that really are more specifically uh, linked to trading. And uh, we covered a few of those last week. We covered the loss aversion, cognitive bias and that was the tendency for people to have a strong preference for avoiding losses over acquiring gains. We also covered the sunk cost effect and that was the tendency to treat money that has already been committed or spent as more valuable than money that may be spent in the future. We then covered the disposition effect which was the tendency for people to lock in gains and ride losses and then we also covered the outcome bias which is the tendency to judge a decision by its outcome rather than by the quality of the decision at the time it was made. So if you didn't catch last week, go back and listen to last week's episode and that will, each of those will go, go into more detail, uh, explaining uh, and giving you examples. Uh, this week we're gonna continue. We have a few more to go to cover the ones that we, uh, that we look at and the first being the recency bias. And that is the tendency to weigh data, or that, I'm sorry, the tendency to weigh recent data or experiences more than earlier data or experiences. So what that really means is, as far as trading goes, is that let's just say you've been doing, uh, let's just say you've been doing okay trading. Your tra- <coughs> Your trades have been going good. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm having a hard time talking this morning. Let's assume your trading has been going good uh, your returns have been okay, uh, consistent, just you know, just good. Uh, no, nothing really terrible has been happening. And then you hit a spot to where you're in a trade, and the trade goes horribly against you. Uh, now there could have been a lot of uh, side factors involved in this in this trade that could affect your emotions. Maybe your emotions were making you do things that possibly caused you to leverage your risk too great. Uh, maybe you didn't place your stops like we talked about last week in the proper places or maybe not at all. Uh, whatever the <clears throat> whatever the reason would be, uh, this trade goes against you and maybe it goes against you in a very uh, substantial way. So what that tends to do to the trader and to their and to their thinking is that they put so much emphasis on this last trade, this most recent trade and the fact that it went bad, that all of a sudden they start looking at uh, you know, changing trading systems, stop trading what they're doing, totally reinvent the wheel. Whereas if you looked at this thing in a much wider scope, you would say to yourself, okay, I've had, let's just hypothetically say, I've had six months of, of fairly decent trading. Now all of a sudden I have this losing trade it's just the odds. I mean, every trade you make is not going to be a winning trade. You have to accept that fact. But if the majority of your trading has been successful, then you should not put so much emphasis on this recent trade. But the way our minds work, this trade was could have been, like I said, a, a good size loss. That would have caused pain. Uh, we don't like pain. Our psychology will do anything it can to avoid pain and in this case, to avoid losses. So, in this case, you, you start telling yourself, okay, something's wrong. I either need to change my trading system, trade my plan. Maybe you go out and look for a new course to take. You'll toss this one out the window and blame the course because that it, it caused such a losing trade. It doesn't work. Um, buy some, a new book. Whatever the case may be. but sh- And I call it the trading method shuffle. So, you will... Try to find something new to do in your trading because this last trade did not work. And you have totally become tunnel-visioned on this trade, ignoring the prior history that was successful. And you and you tend, because of ego, you tend not to look at uh, maybe the real reason. And I would almost bet you anything that if you did break that trade down, you would find something that you did wrong, or things you did wrong, that were a direct result of either fear creeping in or greed creeping in. Maybe greed caused you, like I said, to, to, uh, which is probably the most likely scenario, greed caused you to maybe increase the risk. In other words, maybe increase the size of the trade beyond what your account should really be holding. Uh, because, and that could be because of the fact of that you've had such a good run up until this point. So maybe in this case, greed was looking at the past, and it got overconfident, and, or you got overconfident, and you allowed greed to make a decision for you, and that was, let's trade bigger. We, we're doing so well now, let's make even more. Let's forget maybe about some of the rules that we have in place, and uh, let's up the ante a bit. So that's probably what happened. The trade got too big. It went against you. Now you took a massive loss. And you're ready to toss in the whole trading system that you have in place. The whole trading system that has been working well for months now because of this recent trade. In other words, the recency bias is in effect. So you have to be careful of this. If something happens currently in in real time, you have to if it's something bad, of course, bad trade, losing trade, you have to not weigh that so heavily. You have to look at your entire performance as a whole. And again, people tend not to do that because their emotions start flaring up and start making all their decisions for them. And you're ready to toss the whole thing out and try something different. When all in reality, all that was went wrong was I'll guarantee you, it was something that was created by fear or by greed or both that caused the trade to go bad so you need to be able to go back and look at that trade with an objective mind an open mind and maybe not have ego present if possible and try to see if it wasn't something that you did or did not do that you should have done and uh, i'll guarantee you if you do that you'll probably find something and you'll realize that that uh, you need you need a reset is what you need. You need a mind, a trading mindset, reset, or reprogram, whatever you want to call it. So that's the recency bias. The next one being the anchoring or bandwagon effect, and that's the tendency to believe things because many other people believe them. So this one falls back on some a topic that we covered uh, I don't know uh, several shows ago the media so the media is out there uh, constantly bombarding you with with information uh, market analysis individual stock analysis Uh, people coming on CNBC, Bloomberg, whatever touting this stock, that stock, the market in general I I mean, I'm sure you know that that on days when the market is up, they have an endless supply of people coming on the show to talk about how wonderful the markets are, how strong everything is. Just like the opposite happens on down days, they seem to have an endless supply of people coming in to talk about how bad things are and how hopeless everything is. So they just call in who they need to substantiate and support whatever is happening that particular day. So, But what happens is, is that you start seeing maybe a couple, three different articles on maybe the same stock or the or the or the market? I mean, you, any day you can go on CNBC and uh, uh, as far as the, uh, the app, the text, or the or the online on the internet, and you can read stories one after another. So it's it's not that hard to read enough stories where you start believing that okay, if this guy uh, says that this is going to happen. And, this other person says uh, it's, this is likely to happen. Uh, this, this analyst here says it's likely to happen. Well, I guess uh, I guess it's going to happen. So what you tend to do is and, and believe me, as I said before, I'll guarantee you all of these people that are on the sh- on whatever show they're on giving wh- whatever opinion they have about this or that stock index, whatever, they have an agenda. They are trying to promote something because they want you to do something. They want you to buy something. They want you to invest with them. There is an agenda there. But the novice trader, if they hear enough of this input, starts to develop a opinion. And that opinion leads to a belief, and it leads to the anchoring or bandwagon effect. Which in the, which is again the tendency to believe things because many other people believe them. I uh, I host meetups all the time uh, at, in different locations, and we'll get a group of people together in a room, and it's amazing. One guy will, will mention you know his opinion on on where the market's going to go because of uh, whatever facts he has in his in his mind that, that's that's going to cause this, and all of a sudden I, everybody else starts chiming in that they believe the same thing. And remember, I mentioned this a while back, too, is that absolutely nobody or no thing as far as software or anything like that, nobody, no thing, nothing knows where the market is going to be tomorrow, next week, next month, even an hour from now for that fact. So no one knows what's going to happen in the future when it comes to the market. They all have their opinions. And they have their beliefs, and they, have, they think they're evidence, but it's all opinion. It's their opinions. So when you're listening to these people tell you where it's going to go, they're giving you price targets, they're giving you this, they're giving you that, it's their opinion. There is no proof at all that anything is going to be anywhere at any specific time. And I think you should be able to tell that if you just follow the markets in general. Uh, one day we could be up 100, 200 points on the Dow, 50, 60 points on the S&P. The next day we could be down the equal amount. Day after that, we're back up again. Day after that, we're back down again. And I've seen it happen. Up one day, down the next, up the next, down the next, just like that, back and forth. And this is because of, we talked about this before too, is the what I call like the sheep herding effect. And the market is trading purely on psychology, on, on psychological beliefs, on emotions, let's say. It's a better word. And everybody panics on down days and they sell. They sell everything. Everybody's all happy and optimistic. On good days, they buy everything. It has nothing to do anymore with fundamentals of the company, how much their earnings are, what products they have, anything like that. It's, it's emotions. If fear drives the market down and euphoria drives the market up and that is because of again the anchoring bandwagon effect is because everybody is believing the same thing because so many other people believe the same thing and it's 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 it creates a sheep herding effect the one sheep goes one way and they all follow they have no idea why but if, if they're all running that way I'm going that way too and they turn around and come back okay we're going back well I guess we all go back and that's exactly how it works so again you have to look at the market from a much larger perspective, gather your facts, look at the charts, uh, keep track of current events, and form your own opinion because of the evidence that you have gathered, not because of of the evidence that's being presented to you by the media via their opinions. And there is a difference. Uh, I tell people that look at the chart. Everything that is known about a index about a stock about whatever you're looking at is priced in to whatever it is you know whatever stocks price it is or index everything that is known about that entity is already figured into the price so if you look at a chart the chart will tell you everything it doesn't matter the chart doesn't have an opinion the chart only has facts so when you're looking at charts you should be able to learn enough about technical analysis to read the chart and judge where the market is going and that is all you really need to know you need to go with the market the market is never wrong wherever the market's going that's where it's going so you have to always admit to yourself the market is is right it's it's wherever it's going that is right so learn how to read charts learn how to gather your own evidence and stop believing what's everybody else says is likely to happen and what everybody else is believing because of that factor, do your own work, do your own analysis, and make your own decisions and stop believing things because so many other people believe them. It's time for a break. Let's take that and we'll be right back. Here's another look into the world of trading. I have a question. How many of you think you can predict the future? Did you know that you're trying to do just that when you purchase a stock? When you own a stock, the only way you can profit is for the stock to increase in value. And if it trades flat or trades down, you end up losing. What if I told you that there is a much better way to profit without ever owning that stock? And what if I told you that you could take a position in that same stock and profit no matter what the stock does? That's right, you can profit if the stock goes up trades flat or goes down no matter what you profit this is how the pros trade and this is how you should be trading we are the other side of Wall Street and we would love to teach you how to trade like the pros increasing your odds from 1 out of 3 to almost 3 out of 3 on every trade you place interested call us at the other side of Wall Street at 949 734 1698 and sign up for one of our courses and again That's 949-734-1698. Let's make some money. Okay, we're back. The other side of Wall Street. And we are talking about finishing up on cognitive biases. And the next one in line is the belief in the law of small numbers, which is the tendency to draw unjustified conclusions from too little information. And boy, this could go so many different ways, and there could be so many different examples. Uh, We've talked in the past about uh, how people tend to not put the proper effort uh, into... uh, their trading endeavor. In other words, let's say for instance, an example, Uh, let's say for Christmas you get a nice new video camera. You pull it out of the box, turn it on, and want to start filming right away. Uh, There's a lot of buttons on the camera, a lot of things the camera can do, but uh, you're in such a hurry to start filming something that you don't really ever take the manual out and read it and find out all the cool things the camera can do. You just take it out of the box and start because you're in such a hurry you don't have time to put the effort into learning all the things that it can do before you start and trading is the same way uh, there are so many different facets of, of what can and will happen to you what you should know what you should be aware of in this world of trading that if you don't put the proper homework and, and work into it uh, you're going to be in trouble at some point because these are all things you will need to know somewhere down the road. So, the belief in small numbers. Let's say you get into a trade. Uh, well, let's say you want to get into a trade. You see something that's moving up. Well, maybe you, you just, your greed, your your anxiety, you just want to jump right in and buy some of this or, or, or whatever the thing is without putting proper effort into looking at, at this company, looking at the chart, doing some research, finding where it's been, how it trades, uh, how it reacts to certain market conditions, whatever the case may be, but you haven't put any work into doing any kind of, of of technical research on this on this entity, this stock, this index, whatever it is. You just jump in because you're anxious to buy something and it looks good and it's moving, and maybe you heard something. You heard one guy on the radio that morning saying something good about it, so you got to get into it. It's just too little, too little of information to risk your money on a trade. Um I mean there could be so many different things that would fall into this category but basically it's all again led by impatience which is pretty much controlled by greed and you just want to get in to make a quick buck now the other, it could go the other way let's say you're you're in a trade and you again have not done the proper amount of research the trade starts to go against you a little bit not a lot just a little bit and what do you do you panic and you bail again Why? I mean, if you had done your work and you were and you had done enough technical analysis, uh, everything has has corrections. No stock, no index goes straight up parabolically. They all have little corrections, and those are healthy. It could be profit taking. It could just be uh, taking a breath, uh, uh, just to refresh. And on and on up it would go, but it happens all the time. Now I'm not talking about major corrections where the market goes down, down, down. You know, and and it's a big deal. These are just small healthy corrections. They all do it all the time and it's nothing to be scared of. But if you haven't done the amount of research or haven't done any research on this position that you're in, it goes against you, fear kicks in, there's the yeah, that guy again. He kick fear kicks in, all of a sudden you bail, you take a loss and then it tends to go right on up where you wanted to go to begin with. Had you had stayed in, you would have been fine. But because of The fact that you had too little information you had done too little work or none at all you didn't have enough information at your disposal to make logical decisions instead you made emotional decisions which again probably cost you money so i guess all this is saying is don't make don't get into a trade don't place a trade Unless you've done the proper amount of research, don't do it on a whim, don't do it on a tip from somebody. Tips are the worst of all. Uh, I don't matter, of fact, I can't, I, if I had to think back, I cannot really think of one time where I listened to somebody that gave me a tip that it worked out. I would almost say it's probably a perfect 100% failure rate on trading on tips. Uh, but anyway, put the work in, put the research in. Learn, learn more about whatever you're going to trade before you trade it. And if you have enough information, you'll be able to make, like I said, intelligent decisions about the trade. If you have too little information, you're going to make emotional decisions every time, both in and out. And that will, of course, result in losses. So that's the seven that cognitive biases that we look at. Again, that was the loss aversion, the sunk cost effect. The disposition effect, the outcome bias, the recency bias, the anchoring or bandwagon effect, and the belief in the law of small numbers. So, asking you, you might ask yourself, why do I need even need to know about these? Aside from the obvious that we're talking about trading psychology and the effect it can have on you, but there is an advantage to knowing about these, and that is, this. We talked about the different. Uh, groups out there we have the the we have our own psychology we have the gambler psychology which is really our customers who were who who's taking the other side of our trades and then we have the mass market psychology and if you understand how cog- that the fact that cognitive biases are there how they work and the problems they cause then that's you can understand why the market operates as it does so you can either fall prey to it and become part of the problem or you can become self-aware and understand how the market works and why it works and have and that's going to give you an advantage. (coughs) And that advantage is actually very powerful because when we when we trade we need an edge. In order for our trading business to succeed we have to have an edge. Everybody has to have an edge. Now these edges can be many different things but one very powerful edge would be because of, again, that's why we're talking, that's why we're spending all this time on these many episodes of the show, talking about trading psychology, fear, greed, and ego, how it works, and how it affects your trading. Because it's not just you that it affects. It affects everybody. So if you can get yours under control, that's step one. That That's a big part of the battle. And then... At the same time, if you understand how it works, and how it works not just for you but for everybody, then you'll be able to rationalize why the market is doing what it's doing most of the time and be able to use that to your advantage because that would be your edge. You will understand that people out there are basically making decisions based on emotions. And as you see, the market is, Day-to-day, like I said, one day it's up, one day it's down, next day it's up, next day it's down. That is emotional trading. And the mass market at that point is trading emotionally. That's all they're doing. So by understanding these and by learning how it affects you and everybody else, conquer yours and then understand and use it against the mass market or your customer, the, the, the gambler psychology. So one thing I'd like you guys to do is maybe just think to yourself, you know, which of these cognitive biases are you most likely to experience knowing yourself? How they could affect your trading? And maybe do you have a plan for not falling into their traps? You got to do some self-analysis here and and try to help yourself and and admit to yourself if this is the case. And I'll guarantee you none of you out there are can say I'm I have none of those and I'm not even I don't need to worry about them that's not the case your ego may be telling you that that's the case but that is not the case we all have emotions we all have fear we all have greed and we all have ego and they are going to be there all the time and unless we figure out how to control them then uh, we're gonna be affected by them so think about these and everything else we talked about in prior shows and try to self analyze your emotions and self-analyze your your way of thinking. And that's a first a good first step on controlling all of this stuff that we've talked about. Now, there's something else that we're going to move into next week. I'll just touch on it this a little bit here because we're getting near the end of the uh, of the show is that trading is basically to be successful in trading, you have to accept that it's a Game of odds. Let's say, um, like Vegas. Let's look at Vegas. Vegas knows that every ga- every person that comes through the door is not going to be a losing gambler. Some of those people coming through the door are going to be winners, but in the long run, if you take a, a, a massive, a much higher, much further out look at everything, you're going to realize that. Most of the time, they're going to lose. So the odds are in the casino's favor that the majority of gamblers coming through the door are going to lose their money and go home. There will be some winners, but not anywhere near as many winners as there are losers. So what you have to realize is the same would work for you except in reverse. I'm not saying that that you're going to lose all the time. But assuming you've gotten everything under control and you're trading intelligently, the majority of your trades are going to be winning trades. And you're going to be have, scattered through there, losing trades. So as long as you follow the right risk parameters, everything we've talked about so far, stop-loss orders, account size, trade size, risk risk levels, all that stuff, as long as you monitor and control those, your winning trades will not kill you they will they will be they will be controlled and your winning trades should be able to run and produce max gains for each trade because you're not getting out early like we talked about in one of the other cognitive biases you're letting your you're letting your winners run and you're cutting your losers short because you're trading intelligently but there will be losing trades guaranteed but you have to look at it from a much larger perspective And realize that overall, if you do things right, the majority of your trades are going to be winning trades. So don't let the losers affect your psychology, because that's what will happen. You will be euphoric while you're on a winning streak. You will think you will be fearful of nothing. You will not even think about risk as time goes on. Uh, You you will just be in, in, in Disneyland as far as trading goes until the next trade goes bad. And then all of a sudden, fear will kick in, because greed already did prior to that. And uh, all of a sudden, you, you forget everything that you've done correct up until that point, because, again, you're focused on the current trade, the fact that it went bad, things aren't working, I can't do this anymore. Because you have stored all of these losing trades, which shouldn't be that many, but they've all been lumped into one painful experience and that's what we, that's what your subconscious holds together and that is why every time that you have a trade go against you it seems like it is so painful because it's really not just the pain of that one loss that you're feeling it's the pain of all the collective losses prior to this and this one that you're feeling all at the same time so look at things from a greater perspective Uh, And not judge everything that's happening by the most recent trade, good or bad. If your trade is good, it it doesn't mean all your problems are solved. And if your trade goes bad, it doesn't mean all your problems are hopeless. But uh, it's just one trade among many. So look at the big picture, not at an individual trade. No one individual trade defines your trading style, your trading method, or anything else. So you need to look at the law of averages. Like Vegas does, like lotteries do, you do the same. And that's how professional traders trade. They know that if they put on 10 trades, maybe one or two of those might be losing trades, but eight or nine of them are going to be winning trades. So they don't worry about the few losers that they have in there because they know the majority will be okay. So don't get hung up on the current failure if that's the case at that point. So we're getting near the end, so we need to wrap this up. So I want to thank you for joining us. Hopefully this stuff is starting to sink in. Hopefully you realize that there's so many different avenues that your emotions can have on your trading, and we've really just touched the surface. And again, we offer quite a bit of extensive support for you guys. Um, I encourage you to go. We have We actually have developed a new program called the Trader's Matrix, and that is... Uh, you can, look, you can go online, that would be the, the tradersmatrix.com, and there is a wonderful program there that will guide you through all of this psychological stuff that's going on in your trading, uh, help you overcome it, help you avoid it. Uh, it'll go a long way, a long, long way to drastically improving your trading. So I encourage you to go there and check it out. Again, it's the tradersmatrix.com thetradersmatrix.com and uh, I think you'll be happy with it. So with that said that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week and we'll even dive deeper into all this emotional uh, problems that uh, I think all traders have. So until then, see you next week. Thanks. Bye.